She secretly gooses goose. All the eyes are closed. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> ¿Qué pasa, Internet? Estás escuchando el capítulo 11 de la serie 6 podcast. Whoops. Where we review each and every episode of Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. We are your hosts. I'm RD. I'm Jay. And I'm Ninja Dave. Get ready to engage your hyperdrives. Sorry, guys. I must have forgotten to disengage the Spanish switch since last episode. <laughs> it's okay. We have Spanish listeners. It's all right. I've taken like six years in school, so I kind of got most of that. Nice. I didn't get any. I just appreciated it. Really? You know, I should know more, shouldn't I? Yeah, you've been hanging out with me forever. I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I knew so you were... This time around? What's that? I always knew when you were talking about me. Yeah, because I said your name. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> or he said, El Bastarde. <laughs> <laughs> he just nods in my direction. <laughs> what? Wait. You're talking about me, aren't you? It's happening again. You know what? I'm going home. Thanks. I'm taking this plate with me. Oh, hold on, hold on. For the benefit of our listener, let's continue. <laughs> This time around, we'll be reviewing the 11th episode titled MindNet. But before getting into that, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome the person that helped me get into voice acting. Oh. Podcasting and all things nightly. That's night with a K. Ho ho! I see what you did there. Uh Uh-huh. That was good, actually. Let's give a big hello to co-founder of the Audio Nights Theater, Ninja Dave! Woo! Happy Series 6 Day, my good man. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show, man. Of course, man. I didn't know that uh, that uh, you were that, that you got into voice acting because of me. That's uh, That actually makes me feel pretty good. Makes me feel like I actually uh, did something worthwhile uh, establishing the Audio Nights. That's cool. <laughs> That's good stuff, though. Cool. You definitely yeah. did. Well, didn't put all your talent to waste, man. As many voices as we used to do in school and stuff, man. Yeah, yeah true. I mean, I always had the interest. It was just uh, Dave opened the door. Yeah, I see awesome people. I want to, you know, want to help them do awesome stuff. So I'm glad to see that uh, that has also translated into you uh, running your own podcast as well. Yeah, it, it has. It's, uh, it, I mean, stuff is happening quick, and it's, uh, we're having a lot of fun as we do it. Awesome. So, uh, Dave, you came up in a conversation between me and Jay. This was a while back. Oh, that's why my ears are burning. Yeah, they've been burning for a while. <laughs> I think, it, <laughs> right. I think it, it was like an after podcast exchange that me and Jay had. Sometimes we shoot the shit after recording. Okay. So I described you to Jay. I said, uh, he's very Jay-like. <laughs> Jay's like, what's that mean? Exactly. <laughs> so I just paraphrased a very simple line from your Twitter bio, and you actually just said it. He inspires people to do cool things. Ah, uh, okay. Nice. Right. So, so it sounds like you have a good uh, right-hand man there. If, if, like I said, I've only known Jay for a short amount of time, but he, uh, he, you know, he seems, uh, seems pretty cool. I share, I share a drink with him. He's a decent fellow. I appreciate this. I don't know what to say. I'm a little misty. I, I got it. <laughs> it's all right. So it's okay for for a grown man to cry. I mean, it's, it's you know, just don't like, steam up like, your like computer again. My father again. always said uh, he never trusts a man who uh, who can't cry. So it's, it's 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 good that you're able to emote, my good friend. You know, every time someone talks about crying, I think of like you remember um, that 3D animated movie with Mr. T played the, the cop. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Yeah, 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 that. Oh no! And like Mr. T plays the cop, and he's like yelling at the tear. Yeah, get back up in there, tear. Right. <laughs> Grow man, don't cry. I forgot he used that voice. All right, uh, so Ninja Dave. <clears throat> yeah. We we've got a few questions for you, man. I got a few questions. All right. Yeah, all softball, so don't I, worry. You got questions, uh, ninjas got answers. <laughs> okay, so first of all, had you ever heard of Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers before? Not before you mentioned it. No. Really? Yeah. 
What? I, I'm telling you, their marketing was way off. I don't know what that marketing was. I guess doing. so. I mean, I was, you know, a child of the 80s. I, I watched a lot of cartoons growing up, but and there were some that just, you know, you know, I watched those YouTube videos where it has a bunch of, like, cartoon intros, and I'd be like, there are, like, five from that list I had never even heard of. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, there was one that always R.D. would mention to me a lot. He'd be like, Vicor, Vicor. I was like, what, who the heck is Vicor? I've never seen that. Where'd you? It was Vitor. Uh, yeah, see, I can't even say the name right because I don't remember the show. And I've only seen, to this day, I've only seen maybe one episode. I think there was only like a pilot episode or something. That's all I remember seeing. Dude, I, I found the whole series. Really? You can download to your Roku. I'll tell it to you later. Nice. Mm. I have a feeling it's not going to hold up. <laughs> Dude, it won't. It's, it'll make you mad. Sometimes they, they never do, but. Uh... Think of Sky Dancers. Have you seen that show, Sky Dancers? No. I don't want to be mad. Have you have you guys seen Sky Raiders? Yes. Sky Raiders. Yes. That was a Hanna-Barbera one. No. Mm-hmm. I heard of Sky Commanders. Sky Wasn't Commanders. that Hanna-Barbera? Captain, Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Yes. Oh, seen. man. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I heard of that. I had the gun. Mm-hmm. but you know. That's the one with the interactive toys? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Live action show? Yep. They tried, man. They tried. It was some lame computer animation. Really it was, lame. Before it's time, though, it was, you know, that was, was. The best. that was the best that we had. So, you know what, Dave? It doesn't matter so much that you'd never seen the show or heard of it, but that you were willing to give it a shot. <laughs> we appreciate it. How could, how could I not, man? So let's talk a little bit about the Audio Nights Theater. All right. First of all, you want to tell our one listener what it is and uh, how it came to be? Yeah, the Audio Nights Theater is a company I established uh, way back, uh, starting in, actually starting in 2013. It started as a fan-run group where we just did audio dramas for uh, the More Than Meets the Eye, Transformers More Than Meets the Eye series. Uh, it's grown since then to encompass uh, just a full audio-visual um, audio-visual company. Um, it's got, we do motion comics, uh, we do we do commercials, we do a lot of things. Anything that has to do with the audio-video. But, um, you know, just network with a lot of voice actors. Um we source our own sound effects, make our own music, and uh, just make a, a good experience for the listeners uh, and and viewers now. So awesome! Yeah. So you've got a lot of plates spinning. I do. For as long as I've known you, you've always had a lot of a lot of stuff going on all at once. That, that's a gift and a curse. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Do you have any projects in the works right now that you'd like to talk about or promote? I can't say that there's a. I mean, there there's you know there there are a few projects actually. You know, I'll I'll talk about a few. Uh, one with you. Uh, the Wearman comic. Um, yes. Where we're we're dealing with a character. It's actually a, a um, family of wolves, uh, a pack, if you will, uh, and, and in which uh, the the pack leader is bitten by a werewolf, and instead of turning into a werewolf during the full moon, he actually turns into a human. Uh, so the the comic is called Wearman, and, and we just uh, the, the whole thing is uh, the whole story is kind of a a case study or a look at. Uh, his his pack life, him managing his pack life, as well as this the secret that has been thrust upon him. So it's it's very you know it's something that uh, it's been been kind of rattling around in my brain for a few years, and I'm glad to actually breathe uh, you know breathe some visual life into it with your awesome artwork. So that's uh, a that's, that's a major much, thing man. for me. It, it, we 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 will get that comic out one of these days, but uh, I'm enjoying the process. Yeah, the concept really fascinated me. So yeah, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun uh, working on it. Okay. I will talk about one more project actually, and it's not so much a project; it's just uh, uh, just something that uh, you know that it's a wonderful thing. It's and, and, and like with anything else that you're serious about, it takes 
takes effort and, and you have to uh, put a concerted uh, intentional effort behind it. Um, found love uh, recently and I'm really excited about uh, my relationship with uh, my, my new lady. Uh, her name is Crystal. Uh, shout out Crystal. Hi, Crystal. Um, Hi, and, Crystal. Uh, We're sorry for yeah, interrupting. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Not really, hey, but okay. <laughs> sorry, but not sorry. But no, um, no. It's just it's it's this is something I haven't encountered in life before. It's just, it's just I feel it's uh, it's true love, and uh, we both are uh, committed to seeing this thing through and just enjoying life with each other. And it's just it's a beautiful thing. Um, so yeah, I'll be shouting that from the rooftops awesome, as time man. goes on. And, uh, FYI listener, today is Valentine's day. Today is Valentine's day. Yeah, yeah it is V day. I'm going to give Ninja Dave a little advice, man. A little advice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, just as quick, man, from all right. one dude who's found true love and all that stuff. Okay. I'm not sure that they like it when you call it a project. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. Just saying, man. You're like, I'm, yeah. I got this other project cooking right now. I got this other they're project like, cooking right now. Yeah. They'd be like, "What the what, <laughs> dude, man? That that's 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 gonna get you later." <laughs> Trust hey, me. well, you know. <laughs> Just saying. That's that, that's that's what the makeup sex is for, right? Jay, I'm not sure they like it when you call them they, right? <laughs> and they don't like that either. It's non-binary. It's it's not, it's not gender specific. I am your woman. And I am your everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I got it. I got it. I'm sorry. Yes, you are. Uh, okay, okay. Sounds like you are in like a year twenty of uh of, of your of your understanding about things, Jay. Um, dude, I am actually. Oh, cool. So exactly. congratulations, that's amazing, dude. Man. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, man. So, dude, call you did call it. No, well, actually, not year twenty, but um, we got engaged on Valentine's Day eighteen years ago. Eighteen years ago, nice. Yep, highest point in the city, man. I'm learning all kinds of things about you. Highest point in the city. Yes. Yep. Oh, was that Prudential Tower? It was Prudential. That's right. And you were there for the wedding, which was on the other highest point in the city. Yep. So all good stuff. So, dude, you have a lot of fun times to look forward to. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Enjoy it, man. Awesome ride. Highly recommended mm-hmm. for all of you. You're one listener. If you haven't found love, find it. Find it. Do it. Love is rare. When you have it, hang on to it. All right. We've got some feedback, guys. Okay. Feedback. Tom Richardson and Stuart Christensen tweeted at us. Uh, Tom enjoyed the Netflix revival wish list discussion we had, Jay. Oh, really? In particular, special shout out to Stu. Yeah, what's up, Stu? In particular, uh, Tom said he'd also like to see Mighty Orbots and Mask modernized. Yes. That's one from each of our list. Yes. And uh, Stu threw the forgotten Voltron's name into the ring, saying he'd like a Netflix version of Gladiator Voltron. What? That. You guys remember Gladiator Voltron? Yeah, the three robot one. That's it. It's a uh, three robots that combine into like a big uh, six armed bastard. Yeah, but they oh, never no. really made an animation for it, did they? I never heard of that one. It's from a Japanese anime called Albagus. I never saw that one. Hmm. And uh, Stu and Rabbi Bob had a fun back and forth on Twitter about mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> it ended with uh, Stu saying that if he ever dons a lip sweater, yep. you can bet he'll be going full double Dutch. Double sweater, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. Lip sweater. That's the first time I've ever heard of a mustache referred to as a lip sweater. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Um, <laughs> Stu also revealed his secret identity. He revealed that he is actually Hard Charger Zero Zero, our sole iTunes review. Oh, nice. 
Aha, Stu. I knew that already. Oh, okay. How'd you know that? Because Stu told me. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Uh, but wait, what's this? Hard Charger Zero Zero is not our only iTunes review anymore. We just got a shiny new five-star review from Wolf RJ. Who's that? I'll read you his review right now. Okay. It's titled, Rangers Are Forever. Of course. I almost wore out the rental VHS of Chained and Super Troopers from a local video store as a kid. Shocking to think how far we've all come since those days. Oh my goodness, dude. Thank you to RD and (laughs) J for diving into this old favorite with exceptional energy, wild wisdom, and dynamic digressions. Nice. I have no idea what to say more about that dude. I thank you, Wolf RJ, for your awesomely alliterative review. Mm. Wow, that ki- wow. So, Dave, every episode we try to entice our listener into subscribing, rating, and reviewing us on iTunes. All right. By promising something dodgy, as our friends across the pond would call it. Okay. Judging by the date on this review, mm-hmm. I think we owe Wolf RJ some nudes. Some nudes, huh? <clears throat> and what? Wait, wait, wait. What are you talking about? I don't think he subscribed, so that lets me off the hook. Mm -hmm. So, Wolf RJ, Jay needs your email address immediately. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to send nudes, man. It's spelled with a K, actually. (laughs) K-N-U-D-E-S? Yeah, and you can look it up and see what it actually means. (laughs) I'm just kidding, Jay. I think his review actually lined up with our promise to kick the shit out of a childhood bully. Oh, that could happen, dude. I've been waiting to try some stuff. It could happen. That will happen. Dude, let me know. But again, I don't think he subscribed. So the bully's going to have to be under five feet tall. Dang it. I can't do that. <laughs> I need like a six foot, 250. That could work. I asked a co-worker just today, actually. How many uh, seven-year-olds do you think you could take out before they overwhelm you? <laughs> <laughs> what, what was his number? <laughs> Four. Four? He couldn't stop laughing. The more he thought about it, the more he laughed. How many do you, you guys think you could take out? Before? Dude, huh? have you seen seven-year-olds, dude? <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> I will say though, man, I have like I do have a five year old in one of my classes that he's big, dude. Mm-hmm. He'll eat the seven year old. It's all that McDonald's, man. All those growth hormones. I don't know what it is, man. I think it's in the milk, dude. I, I tell his parents don't feed him anymore, or just you know, <laughs> starve your child. Starve your child. <laughs> just stop, right. Stop, stop, stop feeding child. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the way to go. And stop having him like push your car up the hill for you <laughs> when it dies. I don't. Mm. I don't know. Well, so. <clears throat> Now for an announcement. Let's hear it. Rabbi Bob, habitual MVP of Series 6 Podcast, has reacquired www.betamountain.org. Nice. You got it back. Good Hell stuff. Hell yes, my friends. Good stuff. Reacquired. So what's the what's the Beta Mountain all about? I'll tell you all about it in a second. Being one who never misses a shot at MVPosity, he put a link to Series 6 Podcast on his resurrected website. Oh, nice. Thank you, Rabbi Bob. Indeed. He probably didn't hear that because he's working so hard on betamountain.org. Uh, adding new content, getting old content sorted, doing administratory things. Administratory things. Give him a visit for all things Galaxy Rangers at betamountain.org. Administratory things, huh? Administratory. Yeah. That's a technical it's terminology. A new, it's a new word. Yeah, it's technical, all right. <laughs> Technically not English. Next, I want to give a shout out to Figure Nights Theater Podcast. Jay, I moonlight at another podcast that focuses on action figures. Did you know that? Yeah. Hey, what? Wait, wait. No, wait. No. He's cheating on you. <laughs> no, he wishes wait, wait. he could quit. Hold you. up, I just, I just, I'm a cheater, I, you bastard. I have it on good authority that he is also a pumpkin eater. <laughs> I'm a cheating podcasting whore. I know. <laughs> uh, so we do news, reviews, previews, and uh, theme discussions. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, on that pod, I'm the quiet guy who drops in with the occasional dirty joke. Hmm. 
Sounds about right. How does that happen? That That's awesome, actually. So my three co-hosts, Andrew, Drew, and Josh, are all heavy hitters as far as providing fun, insightful content. You can find that pod on Twitter, at FKT Podcast. What's up, guys? I am so listening to that pod now. The idea of you being a quiet, funny guy in the background <laughs> is hilarious. Is it hilarious? Anyway, it is, it is dude. Welcome to high school. No, <laughs> nobody was quiet. Everybody was laughing together. It was bad. That's fair. And finally, I just added this mention at the last second. Okay. A gentleman named David Rossler uh, said some very kind stuff about uh, Ranger's artwork that I put up on Twitter. Oh, good stuff. Mm. Turns out he worked on the show. What? Really? Oh, really? Good stuff. He did storyboards and character designs. Okay. Can we get him on? Uh, Maybe. Yeah, let's ask him. So he's actually fascinated that people are still interested in Galaxy Rangers even 30 years later. yeah. So if you want to see what he's up to these days, go to www.orbitermovie.com. He's a writer, producer, and director of this flick, Orbiter. Really? Uh, and I'm sure he welcomes any support our one listener can give him on this exciting project. Okay. And actually, Is it an animated project? No. It's a live action movie. Hmm. Independent, I'm guessing? Yes. Okay. Interesting. He actually has been working on the movie, and uh, I saw him tweet yesterday that he was listening to Series 6 podcast. Really? I like that. Yeah, he's like, I just finished Episode 9. I'm, I'm going to check out Episode 10, see what that's about. Okay. That was fun. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> I appreciate it. That, you know, I like when stuff like that happens. Yeah, man. So thank you, David Rossler. Orbitermovie.com. Check it out, people. Um, I have a topic, guys. Okay. A topic? Yep. Yeah. What kind of topic? I have those every once in a while. Yeah, I know. So uh, we're all fans of sci-fi. Yep. But there is a subgenre of sci-fi that has managed to infiltrate and, dare I say, dominate every sci-fi medium. I'm talking about cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. Okay. My question to you guys is, what is your number one cyberpunk title? It could be a movie, an animation, a video game, or even a book. Just give me some cyberpunk. So my question is, wait, wait, can you define cyberpunk? Define it. Define cyberpunk. Anybody. Cyberpunk tends to be a dystopian futuristic sci-fi where there's technology like holograms or Mm -hmm. people jacking into computers and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but there's always like some kind of damage some kind of like like nothing works exactly the way it's supposed to and it's dark and gritty okay it's almost like futuristic film noir yeah so it's like like the used future kind of thing almost kind of like star wars was hinting towards in the early films exactly right so i would i'll give you mine Mine is The Meta Barons by Humanoids Publishing, a French-made comic um, translated to English. Uh, deals with the long line of the Meta Barons, which is uh, the universe's strongest warriors. They have a long line of fathers who train their sons uh, to be the ultimate warriors, and their, their final test is to actually kill their fathers and assume the title of the Meta Barons. So, yeah, really awesome uh, graphic novels painted. Uh, extremely well the, the story is uh, dialogue everything in the narrative is just is broad sweeping it's it's just great this is fucking amazing you need to check it out it sounds badass it does man that's that's pretty cool i'm i'm interested now i need to go look yeah. at that one yeah look at that one rd what about you man because i don't i'm still working really yeah <laughs> now now i'm on the fence but the thing is i have so many that pop into mind all right while you mull it over jay yep well, i'm gonna tell you mine my choice was going to be The Matrix, only part one. The other two got like too far up their own ass to be compelling. Okay. But when I realized why I was choosing it, my actual choice became clear. Bear with me. 
what holds the matrix together why you show up in the first place aside from those crazy special effects is the central premise of the movie the matrix itself the mass mind control device that makes everybody you encounter a potential enemy mm -hmm. i realized years later after the matrix uh, that the concept of the matrix was lifted from the 1986 anime called megazone 23 was it oh yeah this is my choice megazone 23 that's right we've mentioned it before on this podcast right there are three parts yep but right now i'm only talking about part one right now the next minute is a massive spoiler for a 32 year old anime in megazone the matrix took the form of a pop singer named eve so unbeknownst to her fans she was a computer generated hologram and had been providing them with a steady flow of subliminal messages and programming so eve becomes self-aware and secretly enlists the help of our rebellious teenage protagonist to free her um, if you love 80s pop culture and you've never seen Megazone 2-3, walk up to a mirror right now and slap yourself 23 times. I'll wait. There you go. That's a good deal. Okay. Fair enough. I'll look it up. But seriously, check it out. It has robots in it too. Go ahead, Jay. Um, I think Star Chasers is the one, man. Okay. It had the whole religious premise of one being chosen and amongst them an unlikely hero and have an ability that others didn't have. And he found out through... His journey, it was all inside him. The ability to do what he could. And the animation approach was amazing for the time. Kind of a rotoscoping approach. Yes. Very cool. That's where they trace uh, live action into cell animation. Yeah, they did that. It was just one of the few animations that had like such a deep, emotional, heavy story in it. And it was like in the theaters and... You know, and it was like, for me, I was a kid. I saw it. Like, I'm like watching people die in this cartoon. It totally made me think... What the heck is Disney doing? Mm. It always stood out, you know, in my mind. It didn't have, like, this happy ending. It kind of happened like, well, that sucked. Why'd that person have to die? Mm. I think it was, like, a deeper story. And Like I said, animation and the art was amazing. Um, and, yeah, it was, at some points of it, we'd be like, wow, the future sucks. I don't want any parts of that. Fair enough. Yeah, man. I mean, it was a heavy one for me when I was a kid. So, go back and look at it now. I'm like, eh, you know, not so bad. Well done. Well done. Okay, so yeah, let's mind nut the hell out of this thing. Yes, let's do that. All right, so this episode aired on September 16th, 1986. It was written by Brian Daly. Brian Daly wrote five episodes, one of which we've already reviewed. Mm -hmm. It was an episode we loved. Episode five, Smuggler's Gauntlet. Oh, yeah. I actually referenced that episode a while back, but I called it Smuggler's Run. Yeah, no, we don't want to confuse it with an old PS2 game. But it was a, a heist episode and really well executed. Anyway, let's get MindNet going. And it's starting now. It starts with everyone's favorite ranger, Shane Gooseman, requesting permission to land this craft at some kind of beta installation. Permission granted, of course. I mean, it's Shane freaking Gooseman. You tell him he can't come in. I know. The, the, the first time I saw this, though, I mean, the guy was kind of a jerk. And I was like, is this really, you know, a galaxy ranger? He's, he's supposed to be a hero. Why is he acting like a douchebag? That's just it, man. Because he is a douchebag. I actually talk about his attitude in a second. It's coming up. But what gets me is these two guys are arguing about like stupid stuff already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the exchange between the military stuff search security guy with a cowlick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a scientist type who, by the way, looks like 70s Green Arrow. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. He does. Longshot is a research facility, not a maximum security installation. Their dialogue conveys three vital pieces of information in two sentences. One, Longshot is a research facility with inadequate security. Right. Two, the facility is currently home to the MindNet device, an irresistible piece of tech for baddies. Mm-hmm. 
And three, Longshot is not a space station, Jay. Yes, it was, man. It's not. Longshot is this facility. When we did the space station episode, you were like, that's Longshot. Okay. We're going to go back and look at this episode. What episode was it? It was episode eight. Eight? When they passed the space station going out. Yeah, it was Ghost Station. Oh, was that Ghost one? Yeah. That is Longshot, man. This facility is called Longshot. What they call the space station? They didn't call it anything. I know they said it. It's Why past- are we arguing? Because I'm right. Because you're reenacting the scene from uh, <laughs> the beginning of the episode. <laughs> arguing over stupid shit. <laughs> so, my net device. We saw it just last episode. And as Jay and I have observed in previous episodes, the characters seem unaware how much the viewer already knows. <laughs> Probably because the sequential number of the episodes is inaccurate. Mm. Mm. You, sh- you sure it wasn't just the LSD from the 80s? Maybe they were having a lot of fun behind the scenes as they were writing them. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, probably. Th- there could be any number of reasons for that, really. But they provide more exposition than is needed, so it works out for Ninja Dave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is my very first uh, exposure to this show. Mm-hmm. So I watched that episode, and yeah, it threw a lot of stuff at me at one time. It, it assumed that I knew... What was going on with all these characters and their and their uh, their interactions and, and intricacies and I, and I I I was a little lost when I first got into it but I also appreciated that it didn't try to you know kind of just feed me everything yes and it just really just kind of tossed me in the middle of it and and it and it worked one comment that uh, David Rossler made I kind of like I read like some of the stuff he says on Twitter and he said that the show was an adult sci-fi show disguised as a kid show. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's good. Nothing could be more accurate. That is very true. That's always been my impression of it. Like every episode, they kind of have the old Stan Lee rule in place mm-hmm. where like every comic book is somebody's first comic. Right. 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 So they give you enough to like, so you get a taste of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And uh, you can always watch watch more episodes and, you know, and fill in the blanks. Yep. And see Longshot again. The one in space. <laughs> There's no Longshot in space. Okay. So they're... They're informed that Gooseman is there to take possession of the mindnet device. When they greet him, Goose is all kinds of dickish. Yep. He scoffs when they ask for ID. Right. And walks into an area that's restricted for safety reasons. These are what you call red flags. Goose has been known to do things his own way on occasion. That's true. But the crappy attitude and sinister expression are new. Yeah, so like he didn't want to talk to his dolphins. He kept it moving. Yeah, they try to stop Goose, telling him that the beam he's approaching is an electroshock field. So he responds by saying, I've got something for you, and pulling a middle finger out of his pocket. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been awesome. I wish they had done that. Uh, He removes his glove, and he puts his bare hand into the beam. Electricity crackles, his hand lights up. 70s Green Arrow says, his arm, it's producing a biodefense. Yeah, Captain Obvious. So they watch as a sinister-looking Gooseman's hand transforms into coiled copper wire, mm-hmm. indicating that he's conducting the electricity rather than taking damage from it. Mm-hmm. Seen enough, asks Goose. Hell no, dummy, says Cowlick. You're acting mad suspicious. Let's go make a phone call to verify your story. Then Oliver Queen says, we'll make the call from the MindNet lab. <laughs> How smart is that? Right. That's two stupid statements in a row. If you suspect a guy with those kind of powers, you take the subtle approach. You don't straight up tell him that you don't believe him. Right. Right. And you definitely don't take him to the MindNet device if you think he's trying to steal the damn thing. Right to the lab. Mm-hmm. Like, this way, sir. I mean, the bad guys don't have the market cornered on all the worst henchmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, equality abounds on this. Show. Yeah. You got to have dumbasses on both sides. It's ridiculous. As the three of them head to the Minet lab, they pass a water tank with a couple of talking dolphins and their handlers. Their names are Icarus and Winter, and they're old friends of Goose. The dolphins, not the handlers. Hmm. So the dolphins say hi to Gooseman as he passes them, but he ignores them. Another red flag. So the dolphins get their fifis hurt. 
and the handlers decide to call security. Right. This is the first logical reaction to Guzman's abnormal behavior we've seen. The guys who are swimming with dolphins get it, where the two head jamokes don't get it. A a couple of guys that spend the day hurling halibut down Winter's gullet should actually be the ones in charge. (laughs) It's amazing. Go figure. What's interesting, man, is like those two guys stay in charge even after the mining. (laughs) (laughs) How do you keep your job? So as they arrive at the lab, you see the mine net device off to the side. Goose makes a beeline for it. Just then, Chief Cowlick gets a call from security. He draws his gun for some reason. Then Gooseman kicks the gun out of his hand and manhandles him, leaving him on the ground, snoring loudly. Loudly. <laughs> uh, Cowlick's gun lands at Green Arrow's feet. He picks it up and immediately freezes, giving Evil Goose plenty of time to launch a halitosis hit job. Right. <laughs> his visible breath surrounds Green Arrow's head and puts him right to sleep as well. Yeah, he looks like Green Arrow. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Ninja Dave asked me before, he said that we'd be able to help him keep track of the names. Right. We can't. Uh, really? Okay. I just rename people, is it, is man. It that man. Really? Okay. <laughs> no, it's just a, a habit I've gotten into. I just rename people and then we call them that forever. Okay. That's right. All right. So then Evil Goose grabs the mind net device and hauls ass to his ship. He meets no resistance on his way there. Zero. Yeah. This must be that inadequate security they mentioned earlier. Yeah. Two handlers are in the tank with the fish. They're not bothering to come out. They're like, you know what? If these idiots don't get it, I'm standing here with the fish where it's safe. And they're like, now it's that in the water. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> by, the, by the way, I believe this is the same type of ship that Goose flew in episode four, Chained. Oh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. It's a two-man ship. So after he launches and basically makes his escape, all the security dudes show up and shoot in the ship's like general direction. But it's too late. It's out of reach. Plus, their aim really sucks. Cut to the interior of the ship. Gooseman pulls off his face to reveal he's actually Riker Kilbane in a mask. Mm-hmm. I knew it. Well, not really, because we've never seen Kilbane before. But he says who he is, doesn't he? Yes. He says his name. I'm Riker Kilbane. I'm Riker Kilbane. That's great. He just looked like a poor man Zartan from G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> True. He's obviously the bad guy. It, right. As indicated by his scarred dead eye. Yeah. And, you know, his behavior. Yeah, yeah. Uh, As Kilbane cackles into the distance, the scene changes to the Ranger team hanging out in the X-Men's danger room. Mm -hmm. No kidding. They seem to be playing in a zero-G bouncy house. So, at Zozo's urging, Nico trampolines into the sphere. Upon crossing into the zero-G field, her badge activates and she loses consciousness, leaving her floating helplessly in the sphere. So Gooseman gets pissed. He says, Zozo, what have you done to her, you shaved Ewok? <laughs> Here's my boy, Angry Doc. With an assist from Doc. Yep, my boy. Goose dives through the sphere and guides Nico down to the mattress waiting below. Sexily, I might add. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, like in slow motion. It's like a slow motion fall to the mattress. Slow mattress, bumper shot. Mm. I, I did notice quite a few of those like sexy poses throughout this oh, uh, this episode. It was, it was kind of glaring. I was like, yeah, I guess those animators had a little fun. They did, man. Yeah. They did. Yeah. They did. So what you don't know, Ninja Dave, is um, our buddy Doc is actually mm-hmm. Angry Doc. And if you listen angry to some Doc. of the early episodes, he's an angry dude all the time. He just hides it under sarcasm. So okay. we kind of voice all his anger, his anger out <laughs> that he didn't say in between. Fair enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. He secretly hates. He secretly hates almost everybody. We pretty much we try to be his Luther. Okay, his, exactly. <laughs> so um, Nico starts to come around and says something terrible has happened. Doc says that something caused a charge ignition, which activated her implant. <laughs> a 
charge ignition, huh? <laughs> he had a couple charge ignitions the other night. <laughs> so, I think Dave is about to have a charge ignition after we're done. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so then an annoying senator <laughs> an annoying senator pops up on the vidcom. He's got shoulder chains and a half cape, like a cross between Muammar Gaddafi and James Brown. Oh, yeah. So he breaks the news about the long shot robbery and orders Zach and the Rangers to report for a court of inquiry with Gooseman under arrest. Eyebrows agrees to the inquiry, but tells Senator Goodfoot he's making a big mistake. At this point, I began to uh, to soften my harsh opinion of Zach. Apparently, Gooseman does as well, as he thanks Eyebrows for having his back. It's a nice moment, which Doc immediately interrupts with a wisecrack. Of course. Like, inside Doc's head, he was like, uh-oh, I'm losing my Gooseman to Zachary. <laughs> right. Better throw a sarcasm grenade. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he was like the goofiest character on that show. Yeah. Yes, he always is. But we decided that it's a defense mechanism. <laughs> it is. Mm. <laughs> and that he actually hates them all. Okay. What's really funny about Doc Ninja Dave is this dude had a lucrative business. He was hanging out and somebody convinced him to sign up for this program. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, I'm going around the galaxy getting shot at. Yeah. He's like, I should have stayed the hell where I was. <laughs> he didn't sign up for this shit. He could kick ass though. Oh yeah, he's no slouch. He's like a nerd with a black belt that's right mm. hey <laughs> hurtful <laughs> I, I, i'm not talking about you though yeah it sounds like it jerk <laughs> it's sucky that i can relate to him it's fine all right so cut to zach stating his case to handlebars handlebars tells us what the mind net device is he says it artificially simulates psychic powers and at high settings it can take control of intelligent life this is where waldo says something to the effect of intelligent well, annoying Senator Goodfoot should be safe then. Intelligent? How fortunate that Senator Weiner is safe. I think that was the best takedown we've heard on this show, man. <laughs> I mean, Waldo looks so pleased with himself as he delivered that suplex off the top rope of Zingers. Mm-hmm. I know, he's just so, he's like, I did a good job. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, looking around at everybody. <laughs> Am I right? So, uh, Handlebars continues uh, saying that luckily the thief only got half of the device. The other half is the bowling trophy thing seen in the last episode. Hmm. Zach wonders if the thief will even be able to use his half. And Nico says, duh, remember the time it activated my implant from billions of miles away? Yeah, someone did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Handlebar says something uh, about the surviving super troopers. And Gooseman, by the way, is the only super trooper whose location is known because he's, you know, a good guy. Mm-hmm. Then Walsh gives them 24 hours to retrieve the mine net or Goose goes to jail. That seems pretty stupid because Goose has an alibi. Right. Like, while the theft was happening, he was with the entire Rangers team, Waldo, Zozo. It's cartoon logic. Yes. It's bull logic. And he also only gave him 24 hours. He's like, you guys got 24 hours to figure this out. But he confines them to Earth. Like, they're under orders to stay there. Right. Meanwhile, on planet Purple Haze, the Queen of the Crown is giving Kilbane an ego check. She says he's an idiot for not getting the entire MindNet device. He tells her the half she got is plenty. Uh, clearly annoyed, she says that compared to Goose, Kilbane is very bitch-like in nature. You told me you were the most powerful of the super troopers. But you're inferior! Right, she's totally pulling his man card. This prompts Kilbane to explain <laughs> to explain how his powers differ from Gooseman's. He says his powers don't rely on an implant like Goose's. I'm not really sure that is accurate because I think uh, I, we've seen Goose's powers activate without the badge. No, um, that's not true. When? One million emotions. He did not touch his back. But that was an emotion thing. His powers saved him from the one million emotion. Didn't he touch his badge? You sure about that, man? Yes. I will say that uh, when you described his character and his powers to me, 
before I actually watched the show. And when I saw this episode and he activated it, it still caught me way off fucking guard. <laughs> I just, I was not, I, I did not expect that to be on the screen. Gooses or Kilbane's? Uh, Gooses. But the difference between Kilbane and Goose is pretty major. Kilbane can use his powers for offense. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas Goose's powers are strictly defensive. Mm-hmm. Not to say that Goose can't do damage using his powers. Like, you can totally bash somebody's head in using a shield. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, typically... Whatever. Anyways, I'm not going to do any spoilers for further episodes. Another episode will straighten some of that out. Okay. So, uh, Kilbane demonstrates his offensive abilities by popping short, dull Wolverine claws from his knuckles. Yeah, yeah. And smashing a hole in a nearby column. Then he steps on and makes a heroic pose. Mm-hmm. The queen tells him to prove his worth by getting her that bowling trophy. He overpromises and offers to give her the Galaxy Rangers as well. And then she threatens him, telling him that if he fails, she'll put him into a psycho crystal. And then she uses force lightning to destroy the rest of the column. Right. She's a Sith. I had no idea. That's crazy. Cut back to the beta facility, Zack is telling Nico that what they have planned will push her powers to their limit. Then he tells Doc to do his thing. Buzz Wang, the android ranger, adds suspense to the situation. He tells Zack someone's coming. Doc has Pathfinder crack a safe, which contains the bowling trophy. So they're going to try to locate the other half of the MindNet device using the bowling trophy. So Zack says, Doc, link up with the computer system. No shit, Zachary. What? <laughs> I said all set, Zachary. Oh, okay. <laughs> Next, all four Rangers join hands as Nico uses her powers on the trophy. She tells Gooseman to picture all the other super troopers, and he does. As she secretly gooses Goose. But all their eyes are closed. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this results in a lineup of all their faces, and somehow Nico hones in on Kilbane while the other faces fade into the background. That's the one, she says. And then Gooseman says, I should have figured. Mm, yeah, Goose, you should have. Who else has adaptive biodefenses, numbnuts? Just then, security manages to open the door and rushes in. Nico says, we can't let them stop us. Wow, Nico, you little rebel. That's right. <laughs> so security outnumbers the rangers and they start to advance. Zozo takes advantage of the fact that security is focusing only on the rangers. He kicks the security group leader behind the knee and then he does a jumping headbutt. Right. Smashing the guy's nose bone into his brain. No, not really. But uh, it looks pretty brutal, and he's out cold. <laughs> right. Then another one charges at Zozo, and he monkey flips him into Waldo's violent pacifism ring. Yep. It's the same teamwork move they did in episode one. Remember that? Yeah, I do. He's not really a pacifist. He's like, I, I didn't do it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, no, he just he just smashed into this force field that I put up. Then group leader starts to come around and pulls a gun. That's all it took. Zack disarms him quickly, and the Rangers all step up their hand-to-hand game, sending all the security dudes running like biznatches with skinned knees. I will say, yes, the worst moment was when Nico kicked the dude in the back of the head. He felt like a girl, dude. He just like, ah! <laughs> that was a lead leg roundhouse kick. Right. She jumped around a little bit. He was distracted, clearly, from her bouncing. Right. It's beautifully animated. It's essentially animated. It was definitely a good animation moment. <laughs> Properly placed camera angle, all that good stuff. So Nico says she thinks she can track the MindNet device. So the Rangers decide to escape with the bowling trophy. Buzzwang says, don't forget me, Rangers. Buzzwang is feeling frisky. <laughs> he sounds frisky. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they launch Ranger 1. Zack is confronted on the VidCom by none other than Commander Double Dutch. He seems pretty relaxed during his conversation with Zach. That's my boy. He's got his feet up. Southern Bell is braiding his stash. He's like... He tells Zach that he's under orders not to let them leave the planet. 
Zach says, hey, what's that over there? It's the rat's ass that I don't give. (laughs) (laughs) And then Goose suggests they fly against oncoming traffic to evade Double Dutch. This is the first time we've seen actual space traffic. It kind of shows how mundane space travel is now. Yeah, pretty Mm. So uh, their trick works, and Double Dutch loses them in the crowd. Then Nico badges up and determines the mine its location. It's on Tortuna, because that's where most bad stuff happens. It's always on Tortuna. I'm telling you. They hyper-jump away, now fugitives from the law, which is kind of weird. So um, the Rangers land Ranger 1 on Tortuna and deploy their robot horses. I love those things. Easy, Triton. Let's go, boy. Just the fact that they come there so often, why don't they get a frequent flyer card to come to Tartuna? They come they come in disguised, and other times they come without disguises. They're actually wearing the usual Zangwill costumes. So Nico rubs the bowling trophy, sexily, <laughs> and uh, pinpoints Kilbane and the MindNet device. I wish you would notice the rubbing of the bowling trophies. <laughs> what? Nothing. What? Nothing. Rubbing I might cut over. that out. Yeah, no, no, I think you should leave it. <laughs> Zack benches Waldo, Zozo, and Buzzwang, saying they're to guard the ship and the bowling trophy. Zozo says, oh, all right. Waldo says, screw you, eyebrows. So the rangers enter the town. One of the locals, an alien dude, uh, points out that they're humans. And then Goose chases them off. Yuck, humans. Beat it, anchovy brain. And dude scampers away, leaving a trail of shattered dignity and pee. Uh, Nico points out the building they need to infiltrate. She gets an image of somebody using the MindNet device on the other side of the door. Presumably Kilbane. So they ready their weapons. The men pull their pistols. Nico, her trusty shotgun. Goose kicks the metal door and it bursts into splinters. Right. That was a good kick. Yeah, Dizam. So they all charge in and Goose tells Kilbane to freeze. The person in the MindNet device spins the chair to reveal that it's actually an android. And Nico realizes the MindNet device is a fake. Suddenly, laser-proof walls start dropping down around them. <laughs> we know they're laser-proof because Doc shoots the wall, the shot ricochets, and kills Zachary. <laughs> <laughs> and then Doc realizes he was daydreaming. <laughs> so the floor drops out from under them one by one. But what's funny is that each of them looks more surprised than the last as they fall. It's like, I can't believe how lucky I am that I didn't fall! <laughs> this is very reminiscent of the second episode. Trap doors seem to be the Queen's M.O. Hmm. So the rangers are in a large underground chamber. They shed their Zangwill costumes. They're no longer needed. Uh, as the queen and Kilbane laugh at them. Kilbane calls them chumps. With all this tech, no one has anti-gravity belt. So from the angle Kilbane is shown, his face is very angular. He looks very witch-like. With a B. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very right. bitch-like in nature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, the queen is standing on a platform flanked by her slaver lords. She's bragging about how she used the mind net device to plant images in Nico's mind. Which uh, led the ranger straight into her trap. The fact that she knows Nico's name was a little unnerving to me. Well, she does have the mind net device, right? So, yeah. yeah see? There's nothing that the mind net cannot do. That's right. It's a mind net. A net that minds. That's true. They haven't written limits for it yet. So, yes. So uh, then Kilbane uh, calls Gooseman a runt. Goose taunts him, saying that Kilbane was never able to beat him. And they have a bit of a pissing contest, each of them trying their damnness to impress their respective female companion. Every time he says, yeah, Kilbane, he looks over at Nico. That was good, huh? huh? <laughs> yeah. I sure put him in his place, didn't I? Watch me flex. So the queen says whatevs, and she puts <laughs> on the MindNet device. The MindNet fishbowl helmet. A fishbowl helmet with handlebars. Yes. The rangers are rendered nearly immobile, except for Nico. She badges up and attempts to resist the power of the device. Eyebrows says that Nico can't do it alone. 
and tells everybody to join hands with her like they did earlier. Uh, this forms a visible psychic shield around the whole team. So the queen turns Minette up to 11 and busts up their party. Now all four rangers are unable to move. And Goose, uh, though straining to speak, challenges Kilbane to a one-on-one -on -one fight. Just like the old days. Kilbane takes the bait, but the queen doesn't see the point. And Kilbane goes, but ma, he said he could beat me. He's mean. And the queen lets them have their stupid super trooper versus super trooper contest. If Kilbane wins, he'll have proven his worth to her. If he loses, he ends up in a psycho crystal just like the rangers. Conclusion, Kilbane is not too bright. He was already ahead of the game. Now he stands to lose the most. Cut to two shirtless super troopers facing off gladiator style. Yeah. So, Timmy, do you like gladiator movies? <laughs> <laughs> and both of them are still wearing gloves. Yep. It's an 80s thing. They have to. I know. We're going to take our shirts off, but where are gloves? <laughs> it's great. Here's something I observed. Gooseman is quite a bit taller than Kilbane. It doesn't make sense for Kilbane to call him a runt, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know why he calls him a runt, though, right? He feels uh, inadequate? He was the youngest <laughs> super trooper. Okay. We're not there yet, though. Yeah, no. Spoiler. The queen says that there are weapons, if they can reach them. Some almost empty, some completely full. So Goose takes the opportunity to ask Kilbane where the rest of the super troopers are. Uh, he also asks where his nipples are. Because <laughs> Goose has no nipples. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the process, man. Like, guys don't really need those. Goose name drops Gravestone and Darkstar. Kilbane gives him nothing but a face full of halitosis. Goose stumbles back and then badges up. He takes on alien properties, like green blotchy skin, insect eyes, which makes him immune to Kilbane's roofy breath. I want to mention how clever the animators are. As the camera pans, you can see the rangers watching the fight from a cell behind a barrier. Mm -hmm. It like pans from Goose to, to Kilbane, and you can see like the rangers in the background. It was That, that scene was surprisingly well shot. Mm -hmm. the, the cinematography was good. Yeah, that would be the storyboards that David Rossler yeah. worked on. Now, we thinking that we think this is the A-team, right, doing the animation for this one, right? I don't think it's the A-team at TMS. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. But it was still well animated. It looked nice. So back to the fight. Kilbane can't put Goose to sleep, so he pops his bootleg Wolverine claws. He takes a swing, but Goose sidesteps and chops the back of his neck. Then Goose pins him up against the wall as Kilbane berates him, saying he was always the weak one and never good enough to be a super trooper. Uh, Kilbane grabs a nearby gun and kicks Gooseman away before shooting him in the shoulder. Mm -hmm. So Gooseman handspring towards him and lands in a ninja pose. His body glows. His bio defenses now make him laser proof. Kilbane's gun clicks, indicating that it's empty. Goose's defenses deactivate and he morphs back into his normal heartthrob state. Zack tells him... Goose, save your charge. Don't use it up. Kilbane says something about Goose being inferior as he throws the empty gun at him. And Goose taunts him. And Kilbane changes shape. He goes all gray and spiky mm -hmm. and charges at Goose like a stoger. Um, <laughs> stogers are these creatures from, from a previous episode. <laughs> all right. I named them stoger because they, they look like half steed, <laughs> half ogre. That's why I'm laughing, man. Because he keeps holding on to these names of creatures on this I show. I think for this show, it's needed. It is definitely. Yeah, they never tell you the names of some of these guys or, or things. He's making up stuff, man. It's hilarious. Goose vault jumps over Kilbane, leaving him careening into the wall. Doc says, Olay! Well done, Brian Daly. <laughs> That's the writer. <laughs> that actually made me laugh when Doc said that. Um, so Kilbane reverts to his human form again, right before reaching for a nearby assault rifle. Goose also has an assault rifle within reach. Now the two super troopers fire a steady stream at each other of automatic laser bolts. Uh, this scene reminded me of something. I'm not sure if it's the way it was animated or just the premise itself, but I got a powerful Contra vibe 
watching this part. Okay. Remember the old Konami video game? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do, man. You got the, you got the boss there. Yeah, instead of the blonde and dark-haired gun-toting beefcakes fighting a common foe, these two are trying to take out each other. Mm. You know, man, I had a G.I. Joe moment, man. Did you? The way the guns are and stuff. I'm like, okay. Mm. The G.I. Joe standard rifle. Mm-hmm. Yes. That everybody carried. It looks just like it to me. The early G.I. Joes, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So their weapons run out of charge, but they both have deployable bayonets. Yeah. So they run at each other again. They sword fight with bayonets. Switchblade guns. Yes. As they lock weapons, they exchange some antagonistic words, but I don't know what those words were. I couldn't focus because of an unexpected guest. Goose's nipple decided to grace us with its presence. (laughs) (laughs) But it was in the wrong freaking place. It was dancing close to the middle of his chest. Not the middle of his peck. That would have been forgivable. I mean, that nip was mobile, and it was hovering (laughs) around like my man's sternum. It wasn't his nipple. It was his belly button. He's an Audi. All righty. <laughs> and the whole time he's duking it out with Kilbane, everybody keeps telling him to save his charge. Was this leading to something? No. It sounds like foreshadowing, but nope. So Goose disarms Kilbane and puts the bayonet through his throat. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, to his throat. That would have been a very different show if he did that. So Goose offers to help Kilbane if he turns himself in. Kilbane says, F you. Then the queen demands the bowling trophy. As she puts on the mindnet device and immobilizes Kilbane. Now, Nico says that the queen can have it if she releases the ranger team. Followed by a clearly audible, trust me, Zach. All right. So, uh, cut to the queen being deaf and putting the two components together. Buzzwang frees the team from their cell. Apparently, Nico's gamble was reverse psychology. Hmm. Because she tells the queen, you better start with a low setting. And the queen, you know, her evil clearly more of the maniacal variety than the calculating mm-hmm. type turns that shit up (laughs) the result is disastrous for the queen uh nico puts a psychic shield around the ranger team turn up for what (laughs) kids hate when i do that (laughs) and if they listen to the podcast that was for you guys that was for me meanwhile anybody not covered by nico's psychic shield i.e all the bad guys has their treacherous minds linked together they all end up in a giant battle royale because of their competing lust for power. There's no honor among thieves. You notice that she didn't want them to know what each other was thinking. Right. Then Doc's secret would be totally out. <laughs> <laughs> and Zach would be like, what, really? You want to kill me? Why? <laughs> what did I do to you? Even the Queen's robot minions are susceptible to the MindNet device. I don't understand why. but I don't either. Man. <laughs> uh, so Kilbane and the Queen grapple resulting in the bowling trophy getting broken in half, like, spoilers, a certain lightsaber in The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The rangers take advantage of the confusion, knocking the crap out of waves of minions. Nico is a sea hare away from punching the queen and taking the mindnet device from her, but she's grabbed by a slaver lord. With the mindnet device in hand, the queen makes her escape. The slaver lord holding Nico gets knocked out when Buzzwang hits it with the mindnet device. What? Wait. Does this get explained later, or is it an error? I think it's a mistake. I'll save you some trouble. It's an error. And I think I have an explanation, though. Okay. I think it was likely an abandoned plot point that involved them switching the mindnet device with the fake one from the trapdoor room. Hmm. Uh, But the switch never took place in the final cut of the episode. Hmm. That's what I think happened, anyway. Not uncommon in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Cut to Goose. He tells a fleeing Kilbane to spread the word to the other super troopers. Goose has renounced the title. He's no longer a super trooper. You're not human. You're not a super trooper. Just what are you, Gooseman? I'm a galaxy ranger. The whole super trooper concept is like fertile ground for some awesome storytelling. 
You'll see. It seems it seems interesting. It's like it's it's very different. It it can't kind of came out of left field for me. Um, mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I, I can see I could see potential there for for storytelling purposes. A character with a tortured past and yeah. yeah, all that. Goose ends up becoming like a favorite among the writers, so they really give him some like nice hero moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to the stories that focus on the super troopers as well. Yeah. Uh, so those are some of my favorites too. So cut back to the long shot facility. Mm-hmm. Buzzwang is apologizing for damaging the MindNet device. Dr. Green Arrow says they'll use the opportunity to build safeguards into it. And uh, Handlebar says something about the board letting Gooseman off the hook. Good. Otherwise, I believe Senator Goodfoot would have had an appointment with an ass whooping. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So uh, it ends with Green Arrow offering to let the Ranger team help with testing experimental devices developed at Longshot. Doc says he's got a few invention ideas of his own. For example, he's developed a computer virus that can cause bionics to overload their fusion capacitor and detonate, eliminating all organic matter within a one-foot radius. And then Zach says, only a one-foot radius? How is that supposed to be effective? And Doc just stares at him. <laughs> and da 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 For this to be my first episode, I mean, the, the episode was silly. It had a lot of those uh, those plot points that that they didn't really make much sense, but you know, to eight-year-old me, if if there had been an eight-year-old me who watched the show, the story would have moved right along. Yeah, it was just it was wacky fun, and yeah, it was it was weird, and I I, I like the uh, the cyberpunk elements for sure, man. Like I can't recommend episode nine enough. Okay. Oh, uh, that's one million emotions. Okay. That is the best drawn and animated, and one of the best written episodes. Okay that we've seen so it's a, it's it's pretty awesome i think you'll really like it episode nine is one one i will check out was that the one when they did the car chase and all that in the streets that's episode five that was also a, a really good episode i think that was a great episode they're episodes where you get to see all the rangers interacting as a team versus um little individual side missions where they put two at a time and one at a time mm-hmm. what do you guys think about the episode i think it was a great intro to the super troopers because they hadn't really talked about them before so this is the kind of the first time they kind of mention more about them and you meet other ones and know that there are others out there. So it leaves the door wide open for a bunch of, like you said, Linda Dave, some good storytelling coming and actually just give the, the viewers a taste mm-hmm. of what could be out there. Like, okay, you see Kilbane, his powers work are similar to Goose's, but a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, you want to see more of the super troopers and find out more about them. So I think it's pretty cool. They also hint at the idea of Gooseman he might be a bounty hunter because he says he's coming for the super troopers. Right. So he's like the one good guy super trooper going after all the rogue super troopers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And there's episodes that focus on that as well. Yeah. But this is just a hint of him being a bounty hunter. So good stuff. Good stuff just to say. RD, what do you think? To be honest with you, I spread my opinion throughout the whole episode. So <laughs> it's all in the script. That's right. Yeah. It's good, good writing, by the way. I, I, I did enjoy that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. This is a great recap. Funny little quips all the way through. I try. I try. You do. So let's let's close this one out, guys. All right. Yep. Okay, listener, that was MindNet. And next up, we're going to be doing episode 12 titled Tune Up. Tune in next time. Check us out on Twitter. We're at Galaxy underscore Rangers. We're also on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, review us. We'll be your best friend. Too much of a commitment? Fine. Just do one or two of those things. <laughs> but then you'll be like the dude we only hang out with because... He has a hot older sister. Visit our website, series6podcast.com, the number six. (laughs) 
Send us feedback. You can email us at galaxyrangers at email.com. Galaxy Rangers, no space at email. Not Gmail, E, because we're enigmatic, baby. <laughs> nice. Would you like to tell our one listener how to find you online, Ninja Dave? Oh, um, I'm a ninja, so you just got to find me. <laughs> Let the games begin. All right. Okay, you shall find When you feel a blade to your neck, you have found me. Yeah. We've been your host. <laughs> I'm R.D. And I'm Jay. Ninja Dave here. And two-thirds of us will see you next time. <laughs> Disengage your freaking hyperdrives. Bye. <laughs> Later, man. <laughs> awesome. I want to thank our ghost. Oh, Jesus. I want to thank our guest host, Ninja Dave, for inspiring <laughs> us. <laughs> Got it right the first time. <laughs> Star Fire Rangers, King of War.